The Gospel reading is from Mark, the 13th chapter, verses 1 through 8. As Jesus came out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what large stones and what large buildings. Then Jesus asked him, Do you see these great buildings? Not one stone will be left here upon another. All will be thrown down. When he was sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when will this be, and what will be the sign that all things are about to be accomplished? Then Jesus began to say to them, Beware that no one leads you astray. Many will come in my name and say, I am he, and they will lead many astray. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is still to come. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines. This is but the beginning of the birth pangs. Here ends the Gospel reading. When my first daughter, Diana, was about five years old, I took some time off from my seminary studies to build her swing set. This was no ordinary swing set made from metal or a wood kit that I just assembled. I made this from the basic lumber with my own hands. With an elevated playhouse and a balcony above a sandbox, it was pretty impressive, if I say so myself. It wasn't just the accomplishment of building the thing that brought me joy. It was the joy it brought to my daughter when she would ride the swing and scream, higher daddy, higher, or when she would zip down the slide into her mother's arms. And then there were the tea parties in the playhouse with a friend followed by a swing on the teeter-totter. But Diana, her sister Courtney, and their friends grew up. The weather took its toll on the wood, and the sliding boards and swings' colors faded. Some of the shingles on the roof of the playhouse had blown off. Eventually, some decided it was unsafe and beyond repair. It was dismantled and disposed of. Diana and I were heartbroken. Here's another example of the temporal nature of what humans do. Towering 555 feet over Washington, D.C., the Washington Monument is the world's tallest all-stone structure, constructed of more than 36,000 blocks. It is not only in honor of its namesake, George Washington, but also a testimony to the engineering of humankind, as well as to the strength of the nation bold enough to design and build it. But late in the summer of 2011, following an earthquake centered in nearby Virginia, the towering symbol of strength began showing signs of weakness. A large crack was discovered near the top. A stone block was dislodged, allowing light to creep in. Mortar and stone were strewn around its base. A team of engineers and architects were brought in to assess the damage and public access was indefinitely shut down over concerns about safety. Now you may hear this and be thinking for yourself, 
Well, wood rots, earthquakes happen, and monuments crack. So what? However, this is for followers of Jesus Christ, if we choose to see it. A great truth revealed in the demise of Diana's swing set and the cracks of a monument. It's the truth that every human-made thing will eventually crack and crumble. Even the best of what we build in this life, be it a monument to a president, the house of our dreams, a sterling reputation, or a portfolio filled with cash, is susceptible to the elements and ultimately temporary. Today, our gospel also serves as a reminder of this truth. While hanging out in Jerusalem, disciples took note of the city's growing grandeur, especially of the magnificent new temple that pierced the holy city's skyline. As the disciples stared like tourists at Herod's incredible accomplishment, Jesus offered this, Do you see these great buildings? There will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. By all accounts, the temple was an amazing piece of architecture. At the time of Jesus' ministry, it had been under construction for almost 50 years and was finally nearing completion. Some of the largest stones were 50 feet long, 12 feet high, 18 feet wide, and bright white in their appearance. Much of the temple was clad with plates of gold. This was more than a temple in which to worship God. It was an incredible accomplishment of humans. And yet Christ made it clear to his disciples that there would come a day when even this awe-inspiring work would topple. Therefore, as God's people, we must not link our hope to the intangible, to the tangible, to the work of our hands. Our efforts and treasure should not be focused solely on the works of our hands, so that when those works crumble, as they will, our hopes do not topple along with them. But, of course, we do have to work. We have to build, construct, earn a living, create, design, erect, develop, sow, and reap. We have to put a roof over our heads, build roads, schools, hospitals, and so on. You get the idea. And Jesus is not belittling any of this, and God is not mocking our efforts. It is in the very DNA of human beings to create. And it's okay to be pleased with the work of our hands. The question then becomes, how might we rightly appreciate the accomplishments of human beings without being those who link the accomplishment of our hands to the righteousness of our hearts? We do tend to become enamored with our creation and forget the Creator. Herod's temple did eventually come crumbling down. In 70 AD, the Roman army toppled the temple and, and most of the rest of the city as it struck down a Jewish rebellion. The glorious man-made structure that stood 
fifteen stories high, and which was laden with gold and served as a symbol of power, strength, and a chosen status for so many people of that day, came crashing to the ground. This is what eventually happens to the works of our hands. Temples topple, titanics sink, monuments crack, swing sets rot, rust, and fade. Our own creations crumble. Even the best of what we build in this life is susceptible to the elements and in time prove to be temporary. We are blessed and incredible people, not because of what we do, but whose we are. If in the end, rather than simply enjoying the work of our hands and the blessings in our lives, we make such things the center of our lives, we become dangerously distracted, forgetting our God and, and putting our hope in temporary things that will fail and fall. Once we admitted that we're prone to distractions when confronted with the works of our own hands, well, it's time to develop a habit that does something about it. After all, our ability to create be it buildings or even a project in our own backyard, is simply an expression of our having been made in the image of God as the ultimate builder and creator. Therefore, every time we get impressed with ourselves, it's also an opportunity to praise God for the creative impulse God has given us. All we do should be an act of worship. But what? Who do we worship? In what, who do we place our hope? So what if rather than say to ourselves, wow, you are so awesome, we can use the chance instead as an opportunity to say, God, you're good. Look at what you have made possible. What if we redeemed every moment of all as a chance to redirect our hearts to the one who is our hope and who will not crumble. I was proud of that swing set I built, but there was something intangible that went beyond that. Diana and I are still saddened by the swing set's destruction, but its use continues to bring back memories of joy. The swing set became an act of love between a father and daughter. That love is forever because of the gift of eternal life given to us by God's grace. That love will never end. So, what will you build today? And for what purpose? Amen.